All right, here's the intro. Ready? <clears throat> hey, welcome to another installment of the Turd Polisher podcast, the podcast where we dare to ask the question, what is your least favorite song and why? And will you cover it, please? Today's guest is a very sweet and talented individual. He's an audio engineer, an electronic music producer, and probably other things. You may know him as the guitarist of the band Pianos Become the Teeth. Please welcome our friend, Michael York. Michael, welcome. Hello, hello. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for asking me to do this. Thank you for saying yes. Man, this is too easy. Truly a dream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, and Avi and I always like to tell our guests this is not good for your career. So relax. That's, that's great. <laughs> um, so Michael, why don't we just get right into it? What is Got your it. least favorite song of all time? Let me preface this by saying... I forever have had two least favorite bands of all time. It's always Sublime and Dave Matthews Band. Now, it's controversial across the board all the time because everybody comes at me and tells me about how talented, yeah, whatever, I don't give a shit. The thing is, Sublime is not great in my eyes. It's throwaway college jock music, don't care. But I think a lot of people feel that way. Whereas Dave Matthews actually, musically actually gets under my skin. And so my least favorite song is Ants Marching. And, and it, it, it's been pervaded in every, like you can see so many live videos of it that every time you click, it's like, why is this video 11 minutes long? It's, it's my least favorite song of all time, is Ants Marching. Oh. Mm. As a kid, I would ask my mom to turn the radio if, if the yeah. song came on the radio. And did your mother enjoy the song? Would she say no? Or would she no, say no? my mom liked corn. So she was, to- she was totally into being like, nah, like, let's, let, let's take this off. Oh, that's a cool mom. Yeah. <laughs> we don't want to go down a cornhole, but uh, oh. <laughs> I got to go ahead and just start off by saying that finding something positive in this song for me is also quite difficult. What about you, Navid? This song has been stuck in my head. <laughs> Dude, same. I, all, since we started talking about this about a week ago. And it's been torturous. I know. Uh, but it's been in my head, so. Dude, <laughs> all day today. I think it's one of those songs that like I've never like been like, I'm going to listen to Ants Marching. But like when I've been listening to it f- to prepare for this, I'm like, I know every inch of this song like i don't know how this happened dude just the intro of just the wonk 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 it's just like yeah. oh my god fucking kill me like you're yeah. like what's about to happen what is <laughs> yeah. about to happen that's the feeling you get right off the bat and and yes. then it comes in with that vocal that hey, oh my god oh, okay anyway sorry uh, before we get too deep let me hit you with some song facts Okay, so the song is, of course, Ants Marching by Dave Matthews Band. Dave Matthews is the sole credited songwriter 
on this. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, uh, as, as far as I can tell, yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> can you imagine, like, what that looks like? He's like, then you fiddle, then you slap bass, <laughs> then you jump solo, then I... It's like, did you really write that, or did you just, like, what? Okay, whatever. Sorry. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, released in 1995, it peaked at number 21 on the Billboard Hot 100. Oh, uh, that's yeah. lower than I, th- I would have thought, I guess. Right? Yeah, so, just for perspective, uh, pretty fun. The top three songs that week, uh, number one was Fantasy by Mariah Carey. <laughs> And then number two was Kiss by a Rose. And then number three is uh, Only Wanna Be With You by Hootie and the Blowfish. Oh. Which, one of the festival videos that I watched of Dave Matthews' band, at the very end of it in like 1995, he was like, all right, everybody stick around. Hootie and the Blowfish is up next. So they were headlining above them at that point, too. Can you imagine, yeah. like, seeing a whole set of Dave Matthews and then basically the same band plays directly <laughs> after? And you're like, wait, what? Did this just happen? Is this? Yeah. Deja vu, man. Deja vu <laughs> festival. Yeah. So um, uh, this is from a Dave Matthews database that I found. Um, and... Uh, I just copied and pasted the whole thing because I couldn't figure out what were the best parts because it's all of it. So, and the database is insane. It's got like, for every song, it's got like, oh, like they played it on like this, like for this year, they played it on at this date, this date, this date, this date. It's just like a, like, it's so deep. It's insane. All right. So as Dave Matthews once put it, this song is our anthem. So it's perhaps one of the best-known Dave Matthews Band songs and the all-time most played set closer in history by a long shot. It incorporates every aspect of the band's personalities and bridges the DMB of old with the new. Um, (laughs) During its first years, Ants Marching was an instant favorite. It was usually preceded by the 2001 intro. I think it's da 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 ba ba dun, 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 is what they mean. Yeah, right? Okay. Yeah. Oh, uh, oh. And was that took me a second. And was heavy on the keyboards. After Peter Greaser, leave as a keyboard player, left the band. The intro evolved into a prelude buildup similar to dueling banjos. As the song progressed through 1993, it evolved its most recognizable feature, the Carter snare intro, which has sometimes <laughs> which has sometimes lasted as long as one and a half minutes. 1995 was the golden year of ants. Not only was it the most played set closer, but it was also the most played song. It was during this time that Dave began letting the crowd sing, people in every direction. Further through the years, <laughs> the song... <laughs> Further through the years, the song evolved slightly more to include a one-two-three round robin jam towards the end, and has also featured guests on special occasions. According to calculations based on the number of times played and the number of shows performed, any given show had about a fifty percent chance of containing ants. God damn it! <laughs> I love the crowd reaction part, though, being like, yeah. "This is when we knew." That you know, this is this is when the crowd's gonna sing it back, man. Yeah, and then one more fun—not uh, necessarily about this song, but a fun Dave Matthews story that I found—is in 2004. This is a good metaphor, also. Um, a uh, 
Dave Matthews Band tour bus emptied its septic tank into oh the Chicago God, River. I read this onto dude. a tour boat of a hundred people. Yeah, I knew we were so going to get to that at some point. I didn't yeah, realize we'd okay. get to it that fast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that. So I was like, you know. It's only fair that we shit all over Dave Matthews Band since they shit all over those <laughs> yeah, people. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, you know, about that whole thing, like, <laughs> I don't know if it's because of my feelings on Dave Matthews Band, but it's so easy to be like, that was Dave Matthews dumping his own shit on those people. <laughs> We're probably like he wasn't control, like controlling that button. You know what I'm saying? It's probably just like his bus driver. <laughs> totally. Like, Let's dump the shit, like, right now. Like, But everyone, <laughs> yeah. every, everyone that hears that story is like, Yes, Dave Matthews is a villain. He's a villain. <laughs> Dude, yeah. He did exactly. it on purpose. Yeah. Like, you he know. He didn't even on the bus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it had his face on, like, a, a yeah. bus wrap on the side, and everybody was like, fuck you, Dave. Honestly. It says, don't crash into me on the back. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it could be that the band had a bus, and they had a separate bus just for Dave Matthews' shit, and that yes. bus driver just rejected it. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh-huh. Oh God! Well, that was a that was a good episode, guys. That was great episode. <laughs> the end. No, this has to be like a double episode, probably because like, if you get me started on Carter Buford alone, like, what a character and his uh his drumming, like, oh, it's he's so technically incredible and like, so many of my drummer friends like love him, dude, and I I can't stand his drumming. You know, that like. I don't want to be disrespectful because, again, super talented guy. But what he's creating, I'm always kind of like, ugh. Like, I just don't want to be part of this. Dude, it has, like, that. And that's the thing about this band as a whole. It has nothing to do with anybody seeing them and being like, man, they're just so untalented and bad that, like, they're just awful. Nobody thinks that. They're incredibly talented. Yeah. But they're all too talented to be in a band together. They don't write like, like I shit you not. Like so, one of the things I wrote down was the fact that one of these songs, okay, well, or, or one of these videos that I watched, every part as soon as after you know the classic snare intro, every person is soloing. Everyone, yeah. you know, the <laughs> bass player is fucking just going off. Every bass line is a run. Even the guitar part while he's singing are these weird, like, chords slide down, chords slide down. It's like everybody is trying to prove to everybody else how good of a musician that they are at every given time in this song. No, <laughs> There's never a point where it's just like, hey, let's everybody back off for a moment and let the whatever instrument breathe. Never. It never happens. It's like... Hey, there's one saxophone playing. That's cool. Eight would be better. And everybody yeah. should be doing something different. Dr- hey, man, <sighs> this drum beat is tight as hell. That It's solid. But what would it be like if you were just kind of soloing and adding fills in every fourth, every measure? <laughs> the thing about Dave Matthews to me is that it's not, it's like undisputed about how talented they are. Of course they're talented. It has nothing to do with that. Sure. It's just the fact that they make throwaway music with that amount of talent and they make music for people who basically say, when you ask somebody, hey, what kind of music do you like? As a standard icebreaker, you can typically understand what kind of person they are. Oh, I like this band or this band. And then you're like, oh, okay, so 
they enjoy this style of thing. Anybody who says, oh, Dave Matthews is probably my favorite band. They're the kind of people who say like, I like everything. Yeah. Because yeah. effectively they like nothing. They, they like music as a, as a, as a background. They don't or like- They, they like yeah. everything at the same time. Yeah. Right, <laughs> yeah, I, I like jazz, <laughs> blue, I like it all, but I just want it compressed in a four minute window so I don't have to think about it. <laughs> it's like listening to like 40 albums in 11 minutes and then you're like, okay, I'm good. Like, yeah. I'm I don't good. need to listen to anything else. <laughs> I got my music fixed for a while. I think I'm good. But Three yeah, it's, uh, it's so like county fair music to mm. me, like quintessential like yes, county dude. fair, but not even like, State fair, just like local small town, like <laughs> Dude, you know what I mean. Totally. Yeah. And totally. Actually, that's the best way to put it. Is that it, it's it's like it's like the local band that you see playing at your like biggest bar that is popular among all your friends, and everybody goes out and claps and gets wasted listening to them playing a cover of like you know Imagine or something. And it's it's like oh man, this is great because. You know, Dave really slays it on the guitar every Saturday night when I get my half price wings. Like that's one thing, <laughs> yeah. but like they got enormous off of being a bar band, basically. I mean, they weren't even a bar band. It's just like they have no come up as a band. They they started making music and then got enormous in a time where like jam bands weren't even like a. I mean, they were a thing when you have like Fish. bands like that but it's like those bands i feel like had some sort of uh credibility to them in some weird way whereas yeah. dave matthews just always felt fake the entire thing felt fake which sucks because i like him when you just like see him doing interviews or shit it's just like damn this dude is super nice like he's like <laughs> he's like, like truly just talking about how he just likes playing music man i just like i just like jam. it's like um it's like guy fieri you know? Yes. Like exactly. He's, he's local to us here, right? Um, and <laughs> yeah, it's like you, you see his food. You're like, oh, that looks bad. Like that's garbage. Literally, there's he has like a dish called trash can nachos. <laughs> it's like that's literally garbage. But he's a really good person from everything I've heard. Like, right? We have friends who've worked for him locally, and it's just like, no, he's great. It's like, oh, okay, right? Oh, it's, yeah, yeah. He yeah. like during the fires, he came out and he like. He had people volunteering, cooking barbecue, and if you know, he gave like million dollars, fed people that needed it, and then people were like, "Can you believe this asshole putting smoke in the air right now?" <laughs> to re he's remind he's reminding us of the fire. It's like, dude, oh give him a break. God, he's like, dude. he's trying so hard to right. be a good person in the face of just like everyone fucking hates him, just cause. <laughs> Which probably, is, I mean, yeah, because he's got bleach tips, you know. <laughs> It's like either cut your hair or go away. I don't want to see those bleach tips. I don't want to eat your garbage. Stop giving us money. Stop putting your money in the local economy. Just stop it. Yeah. That's... We don't we don't want your jobs. We don't want your positive attitude enough. Stop going to local restaurants and putting them on TV and getting people to go there and spend money there and help I hate the community. It. Enough. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, but it's weird. And, you know, we talked about this on a previous episode, too, but just that kind of, like, uh, I don't know what it is. It's like, it's, like, almost in the peer pressure family, but it's, like, hate because other people hate it. You know what I mean? Like, when you yes. hear who Guy Fieri is, you're just, like, 
yeah, Guy Fieri is this fucking douchebag that you hate. And you're like, yeah, you're right. I hate him. And it's like, yeah. why? Why do I hate him? I don't hate him, Gabe. Right. Gabe, it's Gabe, like, I don't hate him. I don't hate Guy Fieri, man. He's no. fine. Like, whatever. Yeah. But yeah. But people jump on that, like, hate bandwagon, like, so, just, like, without thinking. It's so disturbing. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, and that's, like, the, the also the differentiation between, like, me hating this song to an nth degree versus the fact that I know this dude and his band and all the people that I've seen play with them are just like, you guys seem like cool people. <laughs> like you guys seem totally chill. Like everything about what you do, like you wear your, uh, some of these sets. It looks like you're in your pajamas on stage. Yeah. I back it, man. There's nothing more chill. <laughs> it's great, but it doesn't mean you make good music. And I think yeah. like, I think they existed in a time where it was like, it's just so easy to like latch on. Like if somebody says, yeah, Dave Matthews is my favorite band in your brain. You already know who that person is. You already know. Like you, you can build the personality in your head, not saying it's good or bad, True. but you can, <laughs> build, you can, you can build exactly who it is that is saying that to you because I just feel like, a band like that does not challenge anyone over, you know, they've been a band since what the late eighties, early nineties, whenever mm -hmm. it's just like, it's now been like 30 some years and yeah. you've rewritten the same song for 30 years. And it's not that it's untalented. It's not that it's not technically proficient, but it is so throwaway surface level, non-emotional music there's literally nothing in it like trying to go through it trying to think of something i might could say yeah maybe this part is like okay there's nothing there's nothing i and i think the thing i hate most about it is their bass player i think like i have been able to whittle <laughs> it down to the fact that that dude just doesn't know when to shut the fuck up yep. like <laughs> it's just non-stop like running bass lines non-stop and maybe that maybe that's what people want man maybe that's what people want but like I, yeah, I, so my my question is is you kind of touched on it a bit is do you like this kind of music at all like do you like jam bands do you like you know I I and, <laughs> I don't know what else to call it yeah I mean I I don't think stylistically it is something that I will ever seek out necessarily but that being mm -hmm. said the Grateful Dead is a band that I revisit every year. Because I know there's merit in it because all of my favorite bands are like, oh yeah, well my favorite guitar players are from the Grateful Dead or my mm -hmm. favorite inspiration is from this one live Grateful Dead record from the mid seventies that they never put out, but it was like recorded at this place. And that kind of shit to me, I think is really, really awesome. So Grateful Dead is a band that I will constantly revisit to be like one day I know it'll click because it, mm -hmm. it it's this idea I think in this movement, this emotional connection that people have that I feel like, oh yeah, okay, I, I can get down with this at some point. It's not hitting the right way at this time, but I can see it. I don't think I'd ever seek out something like Dave Matthews, but I wouldn't also say like everything that I've ever heard of a jam band style thing, I'd say like, oh, this is just bad. For example, I mean, I saw the string cheese incident. I just wanna say I love you. It's not that it was something for me, 
but it wasn't it wasn't it was wasn't bad it was just like okay cool this is just like dudes who just like to jam they're good good guitar players good you know musicians good whatever mm-hmm. they just know how to jam and play and that's sick that's awesome i just think when it's coupled with just like throwaway music that's when it gets a bit like oh sorry you yeah. have to wait for the sirens just wait for a second no, they're coming to get you, dude. That's the jam Baltimore, band. Baltimore, baby. <laughs> they're like, That's talk shit about Jerry one more time, dude. Say dude. something else about Phil Lesh, dude. Dude, the fire trucks just say like DMB department on it. And just like, what are you doing? Start spraying my windows. They just spray like liquid DMT at you. You're going to love this. And we're going to babysit you for three hours, bro. Just listen to this, dude. There's Coors Light and fucking CBD oil in here, man. Here's some Ben and Jerry's, bro. (laughs) God, liquid Ben and Jerry's, yeah. Yeah. You know, like Dave Matthews Band Magic Brownies? Fuck (laughs) you. Which is funny because I also skirt this line, too, of like the culture of what Dave Matthews Band's fans live in and the culture of like the electronic music world that I live in is not really that far apart. Like, it, re- it really isn't. I mean, it's like a razor-thin line. But I think the thing that differentiates those two are people that are emotionally attached to something and, like, so excited about it and so deeply connected. And then people who just want to go out and have their, fuck, ha- ha- have their Coors Lights and just get wasted in Central Park for a night and then talk about how cool it was at 9 a.m. on Monday morning at the water cooler. Not that they're saying anything wrong with either one of them. Sure, but I sure. think that's the differentiation is that I exist more in the realm of like hearing bands and musicians and music that like really speaks to me as a whole versus going to see a band because it's something to do on Friday. Yeah, sure. I mean, though, like, you know, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, right? You know, like, <laughs> totally. I mean, that's what this whole podcast is about. It's about totally, taste. Man, yeah. And like, one could say that like the drive to just like I just want to go and listen to music and take drugs and be around people and feel safe for like three hours like all of us as musicians or music lovers can identify with that drive totally. but there's there's so many different places to get that yes and yes I think it's great interesting, point that's a great point yeah and it's an interesting anomaly with jam music because you know, like I've been a musician since I was a child and I take it really seriously. Um, when you see, it's almost like when you see jam music, they're, people are impressed because they're good by accident or, you know what I mean? Like they accidentally <laughs> yeah. stumble into these realms of like, this is actually not so bad. And when you, even <laughs> yeah. when you watch, when you watch yeah. like, gr- yeah. and people yeah. on drugs in the audience are like, how, if they yes. didn't plan this, <laughs> How, how six oh, or eight yes. people jamming yes. on two chords for three fucking hours. Of how course, they stumble into, yeah. But like, so as musicians, I'm like, fuck that. How about doing yeah, that man. on purpose? How about doing that? How about writing a song or, you know, whatever, like you start right. to get cynical about it. But yeah, so for me, it's just like, uh, I don't really like jam music and I, I can never fully put my finger on why. I just don't like it. And I, I think it's just I I like intention in my music. Dude. Jam yeah. music doesn't have intention besides the aforementioned drive to get together and just have a good time. All things I'm all about. 
but I'd rather go see a band that's just like, dude, I worked so hard on this piece of music. Here it is. I'm dude. vulnerable. I This is a deep part of me. I've thought about it, or I've just felt it, and I'm presenting this vulnerable thing to you for your consideration. There's legit no better way to put it. I mean, that's exactly what it is. I prefer music with intention. I'm totally down to watch you jam for 12 minutes if that's where this thing should go. If you intentionally have this part, I mean, one of my favorite bands of all time is Pink Floyd. We don't need no education. And it's like their entire records were built on only jamming. Like they would play, like all of Dark Side of the Moon would be them being on tour with ideas and then jamming them live until they'd get this idea and then they would build off that idea. Like, but it was all intentional. It was never like, cool, song's done. Let's rock it, jam it for 15 minutes. People are going to love it. There's intention to it. And that's, that's, a, that's a great way to put it. I, it's not that I dislike the idea of what they do. I just feel like it feels cheap. It just feels yeah. like you're, you're, you're not, you're doing a disservice to the people that uh, probably would dive in a bit deeper into something had you given them something to dive into. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure, totally. And I wonder, like, just thinking of the time frame of Dave Matthews Band kind of becoming famous, it's right around mm-hmm. the time that Jerry Garcia died. I wonder if there right. was sort of a hole for these people Hey, I never thought about that. Yeah, yeah, I never thought about that. I need, I need jam music in my life, like because it's live. That's part of the culture, you know. It's so true, true. Yeah. So maybe they're just like, "Fuck, I'll just follow this guy and this, (laughs) this fiddle player around for a while." (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I fucking hate fiddle. Like I hate fiddle, maybe more than anything. Like the fact that that particular sound is so crushing like i'm just oh, like yeah. it's like a, <laughs> it's so grating and i love violin you know what i'm sure, saying when, yeah same. when used like properly and again intentionally fiddling is just sort of like <laughs> you're like ah what are you doing did you even practice like what the fuck oh my god yeah. so for me there's so much to dislike um my friend brandon who owns the building that I am inside of right now. He's one of my best friends, and he's one of the most talented fucking guitarists and singers I've ever known. He loves Dave Matthews, and he does, like, a perfect impression. And I asked him to send me a video, and I said, will you please send me a video of you singing Dave Matthews, extra points for Ants Marching. We all do it He said, absolutely, I'll do that in an hour. And he sent me like a really, really good cover. And he sounds, I mean, just like Dave Matthews. And um, it doesn't have fiddle. And it's someone I love. And that alone, I was like, well, I I hate this song, but I'm actually kind of like changing even a couple components of uh, any of this. Maybe there's something to like, but you know, the like super group of super shredders that just like, like you said, there's too much. I don't want to say too much of a good thing because I'm not even sure I like any of <laughs> Yeah, no, I know. It's just <laughs> too much. It's just too much of a thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, dude. I and uh, Like, 
and like even going through it's funny because it's like you strip down like i was trying to strip down the song to every single part and it's like reading the lyrics it's like okay the lyrics are also just bad and it's not it's not that it's like so bad that it's abysmal like i mean i love the smiths not saying that Morrissey's lyrics all the time were ever just great. I feel like you could at least read them and see them in the context of what this band was doing and be like, okay, I, 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 I see what this is. Whereas in Dave Matthews, it's like reading the lyrics, it's like, it sounds as if you literally just took the cadence of what you were playing on guitar and were humming things and just said, whatever word fits there is cool. Yeah. And it's like, the, the lyrics don't even make sense to me. Like, I understand the idea of the song-ish, I guess, but it's like, the lyrics don't even make sense to me. There's no part of this song that makes sense to me. And it, <laughs> I think that's what blows my mind as to why it was so big. Because there's not like anything that people can be like yeah i know that you know this part wasn't great but the shining moment of the song is this i just don't see it people like that yeah also he says mommy in this song dude mommy is the part that's the part that i was just like you gotta be kidding me (laughs) like you gotta be kidding me but interesting michael what you said about that songwriting process of just like yeah. humming. I've heard that Buzz Osborne of the Melvins writes that way too. A lot of people do. I mean, yeah. and I don't think there's anything wrong with that way of doing it because a lot of times my, one of my favorite bands is the national and Matt Berninger is famous for literally humming something or like singing something with the first thing that comes to mind and then it ends up being a final lyric. Like the song, um, uh, it was on Trouble Will Find Me, but the song's like, hey Joe, sorry I hurt you, but. That hey Joe part was just like a, a take from the Hendrix song. And it, it, there's not a Joe. It's not like a there's a person that he references as Joe, but that's the sure. first lyric. That's what made sense. That's what, you know, it felt right. And, and there's, I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. I think it's more so the non-refinement of it. It's like, yeah. I'm sure that like when most artists do that, I feel like they spend time being like, okay, this worked or this cadence worked. Um, however, I want to like kind of work it into like how I would write as a vocalist or how I would write lyrics. Whereas I feel like Dave Matthews is just like, fuck it, man, ants. That's what this song is about. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> like, and it just stuck. Yeah, totally. And you yeah. know, it's it's interesting like, with the Melvins, I love the Melvins, and I think I've seen them live more than maybe any other band. Oh, and, wow. But there is, just even thinking now for the first time, I always get bored at some point mm. in their set. And I think it's because, one, they play forever, and two, <laughs> writing with that sort of just like, I'm just going to flow. What ends up happening, if you're an artist, is that you end up writing the same fucking song over and over again, Ex- like you kind of mentioned about Dave Matthews. Right. And so I'm like... 
I think most people in the audience, if they're not like just on heroin, are waiting for that like one particular <laughs> Melvin song they really like, and they have to sit right. through like the three hours of like the other <laughs> Melvin yeah. song that kind of sound like that, you know? And so like yeah. it's a band I love, and I, I honestly now, I just stop myself. Like people are like, Melvins are coming back, you gonna come? And I'm like, no, no more, because <laughs> what ends up happening is I go and I get tired and I get bored, and I'm like, I don't want to miss it. And I'm just like, please just stop playing so I could have seen the whole show, but then go home. And I was like, finally just like, no. Like I left this note in my brain. And then next time Melvin's gets mentioned, I'm going to go, no, no more. I've seen enough. And I wonder like bands I really like, again, they have that intention. There's just a little more thought. I don't know. I mean. Right. Well, it's not even about the thought of it needing to be something deeper. Yeah. I feel like a lot of artists I like even now who are just like experimental, like either IDM or like glitch artists that it's blatant that a lot of their stuff is made by accident. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's some sort of cool beauty in that. There's something really cool about just being like, yeah, whatever this volatile thing that happened that, that ended up being the song. There's something really cool about finding some sort of like connection and chaos when you, when you write that way. I just think that when you're pulling from influence and this is me only projecting because I have no idea what these dudes listen to or what they do but it's like i feel like everybody in dave matthews band only listens to dave matthews band so like <laughs> they have no like they have no nothing to pull from to be like oh i'm kind of influenced by this thing right now they're still influenced by like remember that bitchin' thing that we did in 1995 at central park let's do that on this record like i feel like it, it has nothing to do with the talent. It's just they're not influenced by anything other than the one thing they've been influenced by for years. So yeah. it's just like, there's nothing new. There's nothing exciting. There's nothing interesting. It's just, oh, well, we did this well, and yeah, the song is good. It sounds just like, insert whatever <laughs> song here. But like, maybe, maybe that's what their fans want. Maybe that's what they crave. I don't know. But it's just like the ultimate bore in anything mm -hmm. so just like yeah. stay stagnant and do something for 30 years right <laughs> yeah you know for me it really reminds me especially this song but it's sort of like you know don't call me al the paul simon song you know the mm -hmm. bass the bass solo <laughs> you know you know how you hear that and you're like that's cool what Dave Matthews is like, that's cool. What if the song was just that over and over and over and over and over for and 11 over. minutes? <laughs> and yeah. like, you know, that whole like a, too much of a thing, you know, it's like um, the whole keep them wanting more concept is mm -hmm. not explored by this band at all. They're, they don't know, they leave nothing to the imagination. There's nothing like, ooh. I didn't get enough of that one cool part. I got to go back and listen to it again. Dude, You're like, yes, it's just like, oh, fuck. We get it. Like the solo, the solo from Don't Call Me Al is not good if you hear it 12 times in a row. I guarantee it. Even maybe twice <laughs> in a row would be too much. But that's like, that's something about the craft of like making music and a piece of music totally. like oh you know and how many times have you been in the band room with your bandmates and they're like dude that part only happens that like much like we should have it happen again and you're like no dude that's dude that's what makes it that's good. yeah it. that's the like yeah. that's mm -hmm. like the con i mean truly that is the constant 
push and pull about songs is knowing that you have a really cool part and not exploiting it. Mm-hmm. Like knowing that that's the crux of the song, like that's the peak, that's the best part, but only doing it for four measures and then doing something totally different. It makes the people who listen to it mad enough to listen to it again. Yeah, and then yeah. again, to the point to where they appreciate why it's only there once and it becomes a favorite song. Like. I mean, Gabe, you're honestly saying it better than I could, where it's like, where it, it, it leaves nothing to the imagination. That's why it's not fun for me. Because it's like, okay, Dave Matthews, you played the intro f- for a 20-bar loop. Oh, cool, you're going to do it for another minute and a half. Excellent. It's yeah. just, for some people who are at that point in the night at 11.45 at a main stage, you know, Central Park set, that they have already had 15 Coors Lights and you know, smoked weed for the first time in 15 years. They're just like, yeah, I'm vibing, brother. They don't care. But music in general, if it's going to be like an emotional attachment, it has to be something that's intentional. It has to be something that gives people purpose to listen to it again, not just for the sake of it being a live show or something. Yeah, and there's there's a concept or a strategy not being taken advantage of, and it's called restraint. Restraint (laughs) is important. Like, you know it's good, but you don't want to just like spray it all. You know, like you don't totally. want to get covered in it. You, you can't yeah, eat a fucking gallon of Cherry Garcia or Dave Matthews Band <laughs> Magic Brownies. You'd have a little yeah. bite. You know, you'd have a cone. You'd have a bowl. Like, again, it's not too much of a good thing. It's just too much of yeah the, of anything. The, yeah. And the real thing about that full phrase is too much of a good thing is not good right you know what i mean it's like correct if right. you have too much of something that you enjoy you don't enjoy it anymore that's why you make your kid smoke a whole pack of cigarettes when you catch him smoking one it's like <laughs> you're fucked and that's that's kind of like dave matthews band is sort of the musical equivalent of uh-oh i had just smoked an entire fucking carton of cigarettes Dude, it's like punish you- punishment for liking music in the first place <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Punishment for liking music in the first place. <laughs> you know what? You like music? I'm going to make sure you never listen to it again. You're going to listen to Ants Marching, the live version, yeah. from 1995 at Central Park on repeat. Son, are you listening to the solo from Don't Call Me Al? Well, now you got to listen to that solo over and over and over until you hate it and you hate music. I was just going to say real quick, one other thing I wrote down was the fact that I can never get by. I, it's just there's a cutout in the 90s of how people decided, like, this is how we sing now. And I feel like I just I can't get by it. I just can't. I can't look past it. Where is Soundgarden? Tell you all just disappear. Pearl Jam. Feel as though that those are things that you can just look past. Like, yeah, it might be kind of butt rocky at times, but it's easy to be like, yeah, but this is still good, and I can I can recognize that this is good for this reason. His voice is just like, nope, I hate it. I hate everything about it. I can't deal with how he sings at all. Yeah, '90s had a real like back of the throat soft palate <laughs> delivery. So if like you look at like a Dave Matthews or like a um, like a Hootie better but like um oh no fast car like you got a fast oh uh it's tracy, tracy, Ch- tracy chapman. chapman you get a fast car i 
want a ticket to anywhere. They're all just kind of like that, like, back of the throat 90s voice. Yeah. Strong in every genre. Right. I'm glad you, I'm glad you said that because, you know, <laughs> Michael, when you mentioned Pearl Jam, I'm like, that's Eddie Vedder's fault. Right. Donut right. stuck in the back of my throat voice. Yeah, That's dude. his fucking fault, dude. I Don't know. let him off. Don't let I him know. off. We're not. <laughs> no. Still, yeah. But like Creed and fucking all those bands. It's just like, oh. <laughs> and like, I loved Pearl Jam, you know? Like, they're a dude, great band. Same. But it's, same. it's still his fucking fault, you know? He needs to take responsibility for that. There was that anchor of like, bands not knowing what to do after like the explosion of something like Nirvana or like mm -hmm. even I guess I mean still probably mid 90s so a bit later but you see bands like like Jawbreaker or these bands that started getting like major label kind of acclaim but they didn't sound like those bands but they had like the gruffness of a Nirvana but not a like you said, donuts stuck in the back of your throat sound of Pearl Jam, but it was like still gruff, but then the gruffness of those bands somehow became this like Dave Matthews Creed style thing that just permeated yeah. every band like that. Yeah, and you know, that's only half of what Dave Matthews is bringing to the table. He's also got the Hey! Hey! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In addition, so there's sort of those two components coming together that's really sort of like, you're almost just like, but even that is like still like the, like that, yeah. that thing is still like in that same right. vocal spot. Like, and that's like very like yodeling sounding. Dude, oh, yeah. Like, totally. I think about if you, we've all been in the studio of like, watching your vocalist do a take. I feel like if I were to have ever heard Kyle do just like a, yeah, I got this take real quick. Let me try it real quick. <clears throat> hey, he wakes up. It'd just be like, what the fuck was that? Like, but no, like nobody in that band was like, yeah, that doesn't sound good. Everybody was just vibing, being like, hell yeah, brother, keep it up. Well, hey, your band's not called the Kyle Durfee band. That's the other thing. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is, that is, that is true. true. That is true. That is but true. It is Carter Buford's like, I don't know about this. But he's like, well, he's paying Shut me. Shut up, Carter. Just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just play your drum fills. <laughs> I didn't yeah. say anything about those Rototom fills. Yeah. <laughs> Can you also, at some point in, in editing this, play a clip of the Carter Buford drum intro? I don't know what that is at Oh, it's all. the yeah, yeah. barrel, all that barrel, barrel, barrel. Oh, oh. <laughs> but so it's, just, it's just, but they would do it for like, like apparently a minute and a half with no horns. And it would just uh, be him oh. going, gun, gun, I thought that gun. Was like his, I thought you were saying like this was his signature thing that he does like in all the songs. It's just in this song. Oh, it's just in this, well, as far okay. as I know, I think it's just that yeah. snare thing that just like counts everybody in. But it's just like, like on, the, on the two and the four. Hey guys, the answer marching, it's coming. I yeah. think that's his thing on this. Okay, okay, yes. okay. That's um, somehow less interesting than I thought. I was like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I'm totally out of the loop on this. I thought we were talking about like this cultural phenomenon. Like, like that a sick, like sick, like snare fill. That yeah, like it was like, gonna be cool. Yeah, like a minute and a half snare fill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was like the language was leading me to believe that that was what was going on. I'm like. I'm embarrassed. I'm a drummer. I don't know what that is. Like, I'm, I'm pretty embarrassed right now. You teach drums. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, you got the Purdy shuffle. Ooh. And the Buford snare. 
All right. Okay. Cover. So, Michael. Yes. Clearly, you've done an incredible amount of research. An incredible. <laughs> You're amount Dave of... Head now. He's I'm a Dave a, Head. I'm, I'm the Dave Head man. And we thank you for it. And we thank you for it, and it's it's really paying off. And so, my question to you is, you know, we got to cover this song together now. Mm-hmm. Have you? Do you have any ideas for uh, the kind of cover this is going to be? The direction you want to go? Where do we start? What do you think? Okay. So I was thinking because of the absurdity of how the, just the lyrics are. I felt like it would be fun to try to make this sound like a Smiths slash Joy Division era. Post-punk, you know, mid-80s thing. I think I have to look up the key of the song and everything, but I think it's in D. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, look up, ask Navi. What are you talking about? (laughs) So I don't know. I feel like it could be cool to try <laughs> as he pulls his guitar out. <laughs> you mean this? Hold on. I gotta start. Hold on. Do you mean this song? <laughs> like I feel like I feel like guitar wise that could easily be turned into like a f- kind of a kind of a cool way that like Johnny Marr played guitar where it was like like chords like more just single like single note kind of things almost kind of how this charming man is where it's like not not so like slowed down smiths but like a a fast like kind of fun thing with all these chords picked out but maybe trying to shift it into its relative minor to make mm-hmm. it be a bit darker would be cool. Yeah. I'm down for that. Or finding a way to just make it a like totally full on washed out My Bloody Valentine. <laughs> Slow dive. slow and just reverbed chorus and flanged out as possible yeah i like that i like i feel like those are just so far out of the realm of what this band is that i feel like it would make it interesting to try to see what that would sound like yeah i like it yeah i mean it's this is an interesting part of the podcast because everyone's got a kind of different style of doing a cover that they bring to it and mine is I'm, I'm always trying to get our guests to go as far away from the song as possible. Oh, yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Because the idea is for you to list, listen to this and not, hopefully not think of the original song. Hopefully right. this can be exactly. a vacation for you from Yes. Th- and then hopefully that can heal your relationship with the song. That's because like also I, I feel like my least, my least hated part of the song reading through was probably the lyrics. So it's like, it's not that like, the lyrics are good, but they're right, so right. throwaway and surface level that they can go on top of anything. So I feel like if the song's basis of it becomes something closer to an interesting style of music and an interesting comp- like composition, I, I, I'm excited to hopefully enjoy it because yeah. I feel like then I can recognize that the composition isn't the thing I hate. 
it's just everybody in the band playing everything that they do that I hate. <laughs> yeah. I like that as a slogan for this podcast. Get excited to hopefully enjoy it. <laughs> You'll be excited to hopefully enjoy it. <laughs> the thing is, it has to be there. We'll get a fail sometime, but I don't really believe we will. I think it's no. crucial that we love this or at least don't dislike this as much as you dislike Ants Marching. I think maybe even the better bet is to probably lean into it being pulled back to like 80 BPM, 90 BPM, a just washed out slow dive My Bloody Valentine thing because then everything just becomes this pool of reverb and nothing that you can at least find some sort of like some sort of emotional quality to it if it's like things blooming in and out. Whereas perhaps a like Smith style cover is just going to emphasize all the bad parts of this song. Right. She wakes up in the morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so, the spits are so melodramatic. That, like, right. Right. Yeah. Or, or that, that entire genre of music is like very melodramatic. So it would just kind of yeah accentuate the, the melodrama that right. is in the lyrics. Exactly. Because, I mean, the, the lyrics are very much kind of like a, Oh, you go out your life and then you're dead. Right. So enjoy it. Exactly. Enjoy your life. Right. Type thing. Right. You know? And it's not even about the lyrics in this song. Like they they knew, according to like even hearing like you talking about the interview, yeah. they knew that it had nothing to do with like, oh, this is a, a lyrical song that everybody attaches to. They just know it's a song they can wank off on for eight minutes mm-hmm. live, and people are gonna lose their yeah. shit. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, and so like yeah, and about the chords, like they don't have to stay. We don't have to stay true to really anything, in my opinion. Except for the lyrics. And even like, right. you know, there if you find a lyric in there that's problematic, you know, we've we've had them change a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> but we don't wanna we don't wanna parody. That's another podcast that Navi and I have. It's a uh, weird Al podcast. And <laughs> it's it's a weird Al tribute <laughs> podcast. Yeah. And it's it's not funny. It's actually very serious. It's just a serious love of it's just the originals and the polka medleys. That's like all we're about, dude. dude. Um but anyway, so like, you know, staying away from the realm of parody and staying true to the lyrics, I feel like is enough. Like you can call oh, it yeah. a cover still. And then I'm, again, I'm saying I'm like, I'm emphasizing this because I don't, we're going to, it's got to be collaborative and, and totally. your your ideas are valued more than mine and Navi's, just a little bit more. So <laughs> I'd say go, go like as far into the, totally blown out my like my bloody valentine thing where it's just so so excess of how much like warbly like you know trem arm and chorus and reverb that i think if it's just totally dumbed down to something like that and Mm -hmm. and builds like more of a a character of the song that's the thing i mean what it lacks i mean and not just the only thing but the base of why it sucks is because there's no character to it at all. There's yeah. nothing about it. You can say, man, that's a cool, what insert part here. No, like there's nothing about it. So if we create something that has like a, a an emotional attachment to it, I think that's, that's what's going to make it cool. Yeah, I agree. And um, okay. And so are you down to uh, get us started, Michael? Do you want to like set up a thing, get the tempo going and uh, pick some chords you like? Dude, and- done. You can lay down a uh, demo vocal track if you want, or you don't have to, and um, and then I'll record drums, and Navi can play bass, and we'll just kind of like build Dude, it up. I love it. Let's do it, man. So I cannot wait. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, well, this has been um, such a pleasure. It's such a pleasure yeah, to man. see you, buddy. I haven't seen you oh. forever. And I really appreciate your point of view and, you know, your disliking of this song. Y- like, I, we've been shitting on it, but it's been very positive and uh, never, did, never did I feel like we were slipping. Mostly, I didn't feel like we were slipping into um, a, a negative place where I really no, like no. pro- we're processing something important here. So, that's I a, like, it. I think when it comes to, like, especially. I feel like mu- music, art, anything like something you don't like, it it should do exactly this. I might not like Dave Matthews, but things that people make should be polarizing. It should be something that people have an adamant like love or hate for. And it's it's not even saying that I'm right about this or wrong. It's just yeah, yeah. there's millions of people on earth that love Dave Matthews band. So it's not that I'm saying like, well, they're all wrong and I'm right. I just think the idea of kind of going deeper. I, I love the idea of being able to go deeper as to saying like, well, why do I not like this this much? Mm-hmm. And yeah. really pulling it apart and then creating something out of that exact thing that you do enjoy, I think is, I mean, th- me and David were talking about this last week. Like me and David and Chad were listening to listening to you guys last week when we were, uh, we were writing um, at my uncle's cabin. And that, I think that's what's cool about this is that it, you, you, you get to like, pull something apart and then put it back together. And that to me is the most rewarding thing about like experiencing any sort of art is being able to like seeing it this deep and thinking about it like this and not just saying like, Oh, whatever. I'll just go get another Coors Light. Like every Dave Matthews fan on (laughs) earth. But like, like to me, I feel like being able to deep dive into something like this is is way more fun than just to like shit all over something and say you hate it. (laughs) (laughs) And that's it. Yeah, like totally. Yeah, yeah. I always think of like, you know, as musicians, as uh, music creators, it's, I think of it as problem solving. Like you're with your friends and you're, you you create a problem to solve and the solving of said problem is such a beautiful process. And yeah, you know, I think Dave Matthews Band has left us with a problem to solve for them. And I think that shame on them to some degree for creating this problem, but I'm I'm honored to solve it with you. Dude, and I can't wait. Love, Love it. it. All right, can't see wait. you later. All right. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye, friends. Bye. Bye. Okay, so um, here we are again, and just a little couple of... 12 months later, how are we feeling? <laughs> How's it going? Great. I mean, feeling good. Yeah. the song turned out great. It took a full year for me to go from hating a song so much to loving it so much, maybe. Oh, awesome. Great. <laughs> uh, I am just, I am so pleased with this particular cover and just what a journey it's been. And it's fun. I mean, that electronic part at the very end is, it's just quite the hook, man. It's really good. Thanks. It's, re- it's really good. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Well, so what do we do? Do we, do we get into just straight into how we, how we did it, Navid, or do you have anything? Well, we have, um, we have some things to read. We have some audience input. We have someone defending the song, which Ooh. is a new segment for us here. Okay. General consensus when I put up the poll about how people feel about the song, it was a pretty like pretty split. A lot of people <laughs> liked it, uh-huh. like it still, and a lot of people had um, you know some more negative sentiments about it. 
some quotes I've pulled here are one is from a listener, Sean, says, It makes me feel like a 55 year old dad with socks and sandals on. <laughs> I mean, that's exactly, exactly that's, the, uh, that's the, exact the demographic, vibe. I think, you know? Yeah. Another f- friend, Jen, just wrote the words hacky sack. <laughs> <laughs> yes. One uh, listener, Dan B, says, He sounds like a donkey. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, I get that for sure. Yeah. yeah. I like and it. And then uh, comment legend Lauren H. Lauren H. Says, just absolutely love doing impressions of the vocal and the instruments. <laughs> uh, and then another listener, Pete, says, fucking jam. No song sounds quite like it. Yeet the stereotype of DMB fans and just bathe in it. <laughs> All right. So that's, is that the defense? That's not the full defense, but that is a nice segue into In Defense. This In Defense of, right here. Okay, Ansco Marching, Dave Matthews. Why do I love this song? Uh, I'll tell you right away, I love the intro right off the bat. It is bare bones and yet powerful and punchy all at the same time it's just horn drums and violin and make no mistake when you hear that intro you know you're in for some dave matthews jam bandy shit uh and then along comes his guitar line which on its own if i wrote that guitar line i would throw it immediately in the garbage but for some reason when he (laughs) plays it with the rest of the band it really works and uh really gets me going uh, and then his lyrics and vocal <laughs> lines are super interesting to me. I think the melody is great, and I think that the lyrics are mostly about a the mundane aspects of adult life and how we all kind of look back to our childhood and remember when things were a bit more magical and remember the dreams that we had. And then he kind of sticks a tagline at the end of each verse or most of the verses that was is like, hey, uh, maybe you should do some of this shit before, um, take some of these chances before you die. And I think that's a really good thing to remind people, um, motivating stuff. So yeah, Dave Matthews, Ants Marching, Love the song, Gabe Matthews Band, 2022. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my um, that's my friend Brandon Hendrickson, who I mentioned in the conversation we just had uh, 30 minutes ago or a year ago, depending on uh, your perspective. <laughs> I mean, that is an incredible defense. I loved his... Uh, if I would have written that guitar line, I would have thrown it in the garbage can. <laughs> I too would have done the same thing. I would have pressed the red button on this whole song if it was my my thing. But uh, okay, what else we got, Navid? We can definitely start getting into the how we did the cover. Yeah. So um, how did it start? I think Mike, didn't you send a little demo, or did well, that was I think, Navid? Yeah, I think Navid had the chord progression. And then I ended up building out a like shell of a progression with some fake drums and a bass and just like some rando like verse chorus kind of verse chorus thing to kind of create the shell.
then after that, I think you guys really gave it the magic, especially that that little end uh, end little bit. So, I'm uh, am I misremembering or did it started with Navid sending this little idea? Mm-hmm. Then I thought Michael, you sent a totally different idea. Yeah, I think and I. Then did. I was. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I was think like, you're I right. think I like the other idea better. Yeah. Then I was like, I like the first thing you sent, Mike, better. And yes. then, and you're like, cool, thanks. That was Navid. And I was like, oh. <laughs> 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 I was like, sorry, but I like Navid's thing better. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it, I think you were right though. I mean, yeah. his had more magic. It was. It's a good riff. And so yeah, we 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 went back to that, and then you kind of redemoed it. Yeah. Is that how, okay? Yeah. Then, totally. Well, I had the shell of that. Uh, like the synth stuff and a little bit of like the guitar lead, but the the it was basically the shell that I had initially, and then when you guys kind of split it apart and then re-recorded it, that's when it actually kind of got the structure that it is now. And you were like, you had kind of some ideas for the style, and and I was excited to sing it. I had like a vocal melody idea kind of right right away, so I was like, yeah. can I sing? And you guys said yes, which was really nice. So I got to sing. (laughs) Which was fun. And um, but before that, I guess uh, I redid the drums. Yeah. When you redid the drums, that's when it really kind of came to life because it was a little bit slower than the demo. But it made it just made it so much better too. It was teetering that line of like a, a slow dive thing meets a death cab thing. Yeah, it seemed like we were aiming for slow dive. Yeah. Uh, admittedly, as a band, I don't really listen to that much, even though I think they're great. It's just one of those bands I've kind of just like slept on or whatever, and. Um, I do listen to Death Cab a lot, especially lately. So I think it just sort of like accidentally morphed. I wasn't trying to like steer it or anything. It just like, I think it just kind of <laughs> came sure. out that way, which I was fine with. But um, no, I think it's great. You know, with my drum track, I was really trying to emulate uh, David, your drummer in Pianos Become the Teeth. And and in, in fact, there's a fill that I do like halfway through the song where I was like, I was like, I'm going to try to do the most like Dave feel like can, I can do you know what I mean and I do like a, like a I do, you know you can, play the, you can play a clip of it but I was like trying to do a Dave fill I think I did a pretty like pretty spot on Dave Phil. I mean he's gonna and, love that yeah and it's really tickled me and I knew you know I always try to do like a if I have a little you know three second drum solo I just want it to tickle and make me laugh so I did and <laughs> so I mean it's an homage I'm not making fun of him he's like one of the best drummers I know so oh no uh, but, I'm sure he's gonna yeah. he's gonna love that okay good sorry David if I hurt your feelings you're amazing <laughs> um I know that he has like no sense of humor so like maybe we should just cut this apart <laughs> Uh, so anyway, no, I was like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to do that. And you know, I'm already, I'm making music with Mike. And so I got to emulate Dave. And so that's just how that went. Um, but I, I felt like the drums, you know, they're fine and, and, um, dandy and, and then, so what happened then Navi, did you do bass? Well, no, Mike, Mike had the bass on there already. Yeah. Um, the only thing I played is the, 
the kind of main guitar riff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then Gabe, you and I did the kind of bridge electronic section together. Yeah, so I think what happened was we forgot about that entire part of the song. Um, <laughs> yeah. We one of those kids. Yeah. We were like, I was like, I know how this song goes. And we just like dove in and started like mapping it out. And then I think you start looking at the lyrics. You're like, wait a second. Like, we skipped a lot of this. I mean, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is yeah, a we long were, song. We were not even, oh, well, without the jam. I mean, even still, like, <laughs> we cut out half the song structurally yeah. by mistake. Oh, yeah. So we were like, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, done. I was like, this is sick. <laughs> and then, then I finally got through the whole song for the first time. And it was like, wow, there's, like, movements to this. Mm-hmm. Or something. Yeah, it's like a like symphony. We, had, we forgot the whole. We forgot the part where he says the ants marching. We for we we forgot about the. Yeah. So and, yeah, yeah. We did, and and then we had like some conversations about like, well, that's not okay. Like, right? We have to put it back. We have to yeah. add it on. And then we were like, mm, maybe it's okay. And then okay, so we made, we lengthened the music. Like right? this was kind of this. I feel like this is kind of interesting. Like Navi, you kind of like cut and pasted some just for like yeah. sh- just for form. And then like we messed with that a little bit. And then it was like okay. I have enough time to do the bridge, right? But it was like I had to choose between the bridge or the rap verse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, I tried to do I tried to do both. Actually, I layered uh both at the same time, like but it totally didn't work. And so finally like I let go of the rap part because mm-hmm. I I got into kind of a cool like I liked what I did with the lyrics of the other part in the bridge and it made it like really bridgy. And um and then we had the kind of a acapella section mm-hmm. to get back into the last chorus there. Which is awesome. Yeah, super sick. <laughs> yeah. And, um, I did some like sh- more shouty gang vocal lights down thing at the end. Oh, it to worked. Feel a little bit bigger. And then I did my best Pianos Become the Teeth impression <laughs> by adding uh, some like trilly lead guitar stuff <laughs> over the end. Just to really add to the wash. Oh, yeah. It sounds and there's awesome. um, there's some feedback or something too that you added yeah. that sounds real good. And, and oh, our, yeah. our mixer Paul definitely uh, emphasized the hell out of that too. Yeah, and that mix. was really funny because like I'm doing it at, in my house at my desk. Like I'm not playing through an amp, so just like. <laughs> I just had to turn on like a bunch of guitar plugin, like amp emulation plugins to try to get it to feedback. Because for those who don't know how feedback works is it's your guitar hearing itself through your speakers in through the electronic pickups of your guitar. So it, it creates a loop of noise and that's what creates that guitar feedback sound. So if you don't have speakers that you're playing it through, very hard to do. It's not going to happen. It's really hard to do that. So yeah, that was a little bit of a studio 
digital magic there to try to get some feedback. But hey, it sounds awesome. It yeah, worked. It works. I was going to say too about the um, the added four measures of instrumental before the which I was like, we need that. That's still the part I'm unsure of. Of all this, you know what I mean? Like when I listen back to this, like analytically, I'm like every other time I'm like, maybe we shouldn't have done that. And then every <laughs> other time I'm like, oh, I'm glad we did that. But um, that's my only like non-forgiving self-critic uh, moment f- for this particular song, which I'm not I'm st- not stressing on too much as this is fun. But um, just as a, I still have that somehow. Which is like, I think worth noting, just like, in the process of like, yeah, this is just fun and it's all good. And then I'm still just sort of like, I don't know if I should, if we should have done that. Uh, yeah. It's know. like, oh, the take it easy. Like, this is just for fun. First idea, best idea. Let's go. It's like, ah, let's try this a different way for the fifth time. And let's take a year to make this cover. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I, so anyway, like that felt worth mentioning. Um, so, and then I guess that's basically it, right? Like we, and you kind of killed it on the mix. Yeah, he sure yeah. did. Um, so, with that being said, how are you feeling about the the song, Mike? If this was the way the song was when I first heard it, I wouldn't I wouldn't hate Dave Matthews Band. <laughs> <laughs> if Dave Matthews Band was a fuzzed out emo band, yeah, I'd enjoy you'd it. like them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. What and what about you, Navi? You happy with it? I love it. I mean, like I said in the first part, like the original version of the song is super catchy to me like from the moment you mentioned it it got stuck in my head and i always thought it was really funny and yeah i love our cover it's a we made it a style of music that i really enjoy i feel like i would actually just listen to this you know what i mean absolutely like even even it being a dave matthews cover i would still just listen to it totally yeah i think it's great which i think is a credit to Dave Matthews. Mm, yeah, yeah, I think you might. It's, yeah, it's a good song. Yeah. I disagree. I don't. Think <laughs> so. I mean, maybe it's a good song. No, I now don't. That I don't Just know. The, pres- the presentation of it was not to our liking. Perhaps we made it a good song, and Dave Matthews should be thanking us. Yeah, I mean, I, I get what you're reaching for, Navid, and I think like. <laughs> Like in um, Brandon's in defense of like the message of the song is arguably a good message. I think, you know, the uh, the message of don't waste your life. You're going to die. Do things that make you happy. That's not a bad (laughs) that's not a bad message. And I do think that we kind of musically leaned into the um, heaviness of that message more than Mm -hmm. Dave Matthews Band did. I think Dave Matthews Band was just like like I think we talked about in the other conversation, like musically, lyrically that don't they don't really work super well yeah, together like no. you know sometimes an artist just nails the vibe honestly if you heard this if i heard bam, 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 i would just be like this song's about like white wine or like fucking yeah. cruising in a vehicle somewhere you know what i mean like that you just hear songs like that or just like i'm going shopping today or fucking bullshit um that's like the maybe that does speak to dave matthews like he's He's sneaking in some heavy narratives in his music. You know, there's some deeper subject matter in his songs. The, the music that <laughs> this, 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 like we've it's, we've already we've You're already struggling. gone in gone to into it, but like you know the blues traveler. Delamitri. Toad the wet sprocket. <laughs> we spotted the ocean. Fucking better than Ezra. Uh-huh. 
What was the tour called, Navid? The Horde Tour? Horde Tour. Oh, what was that? It's Blues Traveler's music festival they had. They had a music festival? So yeah, Horde was Horizons of Rock Developing Everywhere. Oh my god. <laughs> Dude, throw up in my mouth. Like, ugh. Ugh. Yes. So that... And I mean, not to say that like all those bands, I mean, they're all human beings. They're all having human experiences. I'm not trying to say they're all idiots or anything. Like, I'm sure they're all sneaking in um, somewhat real subject matter into their songs. But the kind of music, when I hear it, I'm like, this song's about like, I got a new harmonica today. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, it's just not like, like, oh, you know, which is is fine, which is fine. No, I totally agree with you. So anyway, sorry. I didn't mean to like get us back into stop being positive about dave matthews there's plenty of stuff to be positive about here but i was more so trying to say like the credit is the credit is ours you know mm. on this one mm-hmm. and i think that um i just wanted to, to be to be nice to ourselves about what we've accomplished here because it was certainly a metamorphosis and it was certainly a transcendence to some degree we changed this so much oh yeah to be palatable for our tastes and um this was a huge challenge once we started working on it it just flowed and i I'm not surprised by that, but like just the three of us just get along really well and work well together. And I mean, I was just, I listened back to our conversation in preparation for this. And I'm like, man, mm. it just sounds like three buds talking. We're so happy to be talking and <laughs> yeah, man. so happy to be goofing and sending shit back and forth. And that's just kind of like, <laughs> to me, that's such a beautiful part about making music, you know, making music totally, with your friends. Man. And so how could it not come out that way? Exactly. Um, I feel like as long as you have like, collaborative efforts in creating stuff with people is like I've grown to appreciate even more than I ever have like the older I get too just because I feel like it continually pushes me to be a better musician and think about stuff in a different way and it's it's awesome man and that's another one of them too where I just didn't want I didn't want it to end to a certain degree yeah, you man. know what I mean I don't want it to be done and I just can't wait for our um our side project to keep making songs you know <laughs> right play Coachella main stage next year with uh Dave Matthews covers sound like shoegaze <laughs> yeah. bands Oh, God. Maybe Dave Cap for Cutie, right? Maybe we don't have to do Dave Matthews covers. Maybe we do <laughs> only Dave Matthews covers. Shoegazy Dave Matthews. Okay, yeah. I'd like to do the one about um, biting the mailman or whatever next time. <laughs> <laughs> what is that one? I don't know. What would you say? That one. What would you say? That was the first uh, one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or Crash Into Me. Crash. Which is another song that is very misunderstood i feel like that one is a little bit better though on its face than ants marching just on its face as a song oh yes yes Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because crash is like a peeping tom song about like being obsessed with someone and like spying on them whoa but people think that it's just like a sweet love song dave said it in we're on first name basis now uh dave matthews (laughs) has said it in a lot of interviews where he's like, oh, people are always like, oh, like our first dance was to that song. He's like, oh, that's so sweet. But in his head, he's like, it's like, oh, this song's creepy. Like, <laughs> you guys aren't listening to the lyrics. That's that's cool that you call him Dave. I mean, yeah. we, we've got to the point where I just call him DM. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But I get that. Like, yeah. You know, some of his right. friends call him Dave. Some of his friends call him DM. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you've heard that expression slide into my DMs. Yeah. It's, that's what people are saying. Yeah. Slide well, the, into my and in fact DMs. another exactly another way of saying crash into me would be slide into my DMs or you know versus yeah. he's like you want to say slide yeah. into my DMs you say crash into me and that basically means like you know direct message yeah, me yeah yeah you of get course. it yeah, yeah you, you get that cool um, okay well uh, what else is there to say I mean 
It's really cool to, to, to break down some of these themes and talk about jam band music and appreciate your vulnerability. And I appreciate you doing that because I, I could definitely see this from the other side of this process. It seeming like not a worthwhile thing. Definitely. Like I said, I think that's like the most fun thing about collaborating with people is trying to figure out, figuring out different ways to do things that you already do. It's like, I already know how to play guitar and how to do this thing, but how do I teach myself something new or do something like this where take a song that you hate and try to make it a song you like. I think that's like such a fun exercise to do just as a musician to keep things interesting. It's awesome, man. Totally. I appreciate you guys having me. I super love you guys and I super appreciate this whole experience. Love you guys and so much. Yeah. You Thanks, too. Mike. Yeah. Thanks a yeah, lot. Yeah, man. Dude. Thank you guys so much for having me. Of yes. course. All right. Keep in touch and uh, great job on the song. Good luck with everything. Bye. Bye.
Thanks so much for checking out our podcast. Turd Polisher is hosted by me, Gabe Katz, and Navid Manucheri. It is produced and edited by Navid Manucheri. Our cover was mixed and mastered by Paul Hale at Greenhouse Recording in Petaluma, California. You can follow us on Twitter at, at @polisherturd or on Instagram at, at @turdpolisher underscore podcast. You can also check out our covers on our Bandcamp, turdpolisher.bandcamp.com. 